Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce. I am joined by the Juice Man himself. It's the first rendition of the Juice and Luce show in this 2023 season. And Juice, before we dive into tonight's Cubs game, my friend, how are you doing on this Monday evening? Having one hell of a day, Ronald. Um, out here in the great city of Fort Wayne, if you want to call it a city. Working. And, uh, yeah, had to be stuck watching that um, managerial performance slash Cub performance that I'm sure we'll dive in deeply on the show today. Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, you got a busy week ahead of you. It's I know, as we discussed on Sunday off air, um, I got a busy week ahead of me. But before we get to all that, we got some Cubs baseball in this three-game set against the Reds, and it all starts with tonight. And um, I'm glad Jeremiah put this in the comments right out the gate here, folks. This game was confusing because it was. It was confusing because – you know, we we sold ourselves all offseason juice just just quickly here at the top of the show. We sold ourselves all offseason about this team's going to pitch, this team's going to pitch, this team's going to pitch. Runs are going to be hard to come by. Well, when runs are able to be come by in the form of six runs, you would hope this team's going to win the game. And obviously they didn't. And that's where we're just going to dive right into this thing, buddy, because things looked up early, right? I mean, l- let's talk about it. Cody Bellinger, first Cubs hit. It's a bomb, leaves the yard, three-run shot. Nico gets on, Dansby gets on. That one-two at the top of the order is still working like clockwork, my friend. How good did it feel to see that belly bomb swing right out the gate? Yeah, you must listen to Cubs on tap because I called out both those guys uh, that that I mentioned in the last, you know, yesterday's show. And that was the show – clip for the week or for that show and sure uh, was <laughs> makes me look pretty stupid but i'm gonna keep calling them out if they're gonna keep performing so um right. there'll be a couple guys tonight that i'm sure we call you know out tonight as well but yeah i mean i think jeremiah hit it on the head this this game was confusing right it's uh there were moves made by david ross that i go i didn't know if that was the smartest move um there were guys who tried to bunt, but then were able to hit in the ninth. I don't know. I thing that like upsets me and you said it, you hit the nail on the head. If the Cubs score five runs this year, they should win almost every one of those ball games. And isn't 1, that so sad? Like oh, so sad. it's just a matter of like pitching just wasn't there tonight and it's back to back performances by a starter that leave you like scratching your head of Nerves is it first one of the year? They still fighting, you know, their their groove. But um, I I'll say right now, I would have taken Riley out. I I would have brought in Keegan way earlier than you know he did. I just meanwhile, there's the I think the cops are coming to get me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if everybody could hear that, but coming to coming um, to get you for your takes, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's just uh, that one baffled me. The this team should never give away outs via the bunt, especially with this lineup. And then, like at the end, I was thinking, well, Wisdom had to bunt, so he's probably getting pinch hit for. And then he was able to hit, and Mastroboni just ropes probably one of the hardest hit balls in the night. It's right at somebody, which that sucks. You know, you tip your cap, but. The Cubs, and I've said it before, they have a tough schedule to start. 
And uh, these two, there's two on the tally that I can call for right now. There's two that they should have won already. And mm-hmm. I just don't want to see those add up before they have to play teams like the Dodgers. And they have to play, you know, the Rangers coming up too. It's it's just, it's tough. It's it's going to be a tough start. And uh, they got to keep their head above water. And these are the games you, you do that by. 100%. And before we dive into the, the to the Ross, because I think that's a huge overarching theme of this game, Juice. But let, let's talk through just kind of the ups and downs of this game, right? Because Bellinger gives the Cubs a 3-0 lead in the first. All things look dandy and fine. And then a close across two innings. You know, three runs in the first, one in the second from the Reds. They take the lead. Then the Cubs get one back via Mancini ground out. Oh, my God, he was inches away from giving the Cubs a three-run bomb there. Instead, he grounds out, still gets a run. They tie it. And then, of all people that come through tonight, Eric Hosmer had a good night, which is weird to say and tastes like vinegar coming out of my mouth. But he makes it 6-4. And then we get to the bottom of the fifth, and the wheels fell off with two outs. I think that's the, the most heartbreaking part. Smiley nearly works his way out of the inning. The, the the wheels fall off with two outs, three run bomb from Jason Vossler. And that's all that she wrote effectively, even though Keegan shut down the reds down the stretch Cubs couldn't get anything going. They try to get a little going in the, in, you know, the uh, part of me in the ninth and just unable to do it. But l- let's talk through some of these managerial decisions from Ross tonight. And I, I, I think that's where, again, the overarching theme of this game stands because you have, okay. If Patrick wisdom gets hit, right. And, you know, they, they examine him and they check him out and, and, and things are going well. And all of a sudden, he's the guy bunting. And, like, I know he's hitting lower in your order, but he's not the guy in this roster that should be bunting, right? Like, if anything, let Barnhart bunt in the nine spot or let, you know, or, or pinch hit for him. In his next at bat, if he was really and, and Jeremiah poses this in the in the comments, he says maybe Wisdom was numb, being hit in the hand wasn't comfortable at the time, maybe. But like if that's the case, like Joey said earlier, he's got Ross's back. But holy hell, these games count. These games count. And you know this is the time where maybe you are okay. Yes, Patrick Wisdom has been hitting the ball. We love to see it. No Patrick Wisdom slander here tonight. But if he's not fully healthy, he can sit a game. If he's back tomorrow because he feels fine again, great. That's okay. That's fine with me. But if that is potentially costing you the game because you want him to go bunt, he pops out and then they waste a bases loaded opportunity to add in a one-run game. And then on top of it, when Smiley starts giving up hard contact, you leave him in. Like, I, I get it. Ross is trying to figure things out still. You know, we, we've seen it before. This this roster has had a lot of turnover is I'm surely still finding out what guys can and can't do. But holy shit, Juice. Like, those two decisions alone. Because then, like you said, he comes back up in the ninth, looks fine, gets a base hit. Hosmer follows them up with one. And then, shit, if Master Boney's hit is six and a half inches higher, we're talking about maybe the Cubs being leading going into the bottom of the night. And then does Keegan come in and shut it down? Probably because he looked awesome tonight and we'll get to Keegan a little later here in the show, but buddy, I want to hear from you more on this, on this Ross thing. Like again, I'm with Joey here. I'm not hitting a panic button just yet, but like, those are two things, maybe less the smiley thing and more the 
wisdom bunting. First off, I hate bunting. Bunting is not it is layman weak, as we would say here at On Tap Sportsnet. But like, why is he the guy bunting in that situation? Let him swing. I would rather him fly out in that scenario because if you got men in scoring position, somebody's tagging up and scoring if he flies out. If you bunt out to the fucking infield like that, that's what happens. You waste opportunities to score runs. And in a weird game where this team scores six runs and you should win the ball game, like tonight was a night where you needed your bats to come through, and they overwhelmingly did. But a few things here and there cost them significantly more runs I mean, they could have scored 10 tonight instead of just the six that they put on the board. I think, like, these two managerial decisions are, like, what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? You have Smiley getting that extra. I'm fine lefty-lefty. Not after you watched the bat before and the hitter pulled, like, three with a velo over 100 down the line. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, it's about time. His stuff's getting stuff's getting flat. It's getting real flat. And then you had Keegan ready. When we were on the bleachers on Thursday, we were talking with the guys behind us. They brought up an interesting point. And it's that Ross loves to give the veterans, like, extra leeway. Extra. Yes. And I think, like, we watch David Ross, and sometimes that becomes so – just baffling to me. And I tweeted mm-hmm. it. Like, all the managerial moves are baffling. My thought is, is like, why is Smiley getting the extra at bat? Is it so he can log a win? It's the first start of the series. Who cares? Pitcher, pitcher wins are a joke now anyway. Right? Like, I mean, nobody's looking at... Yeah. I mean, DeGrom won the Cy Young. He won like 11 games or 12 games that year, right? Like, he was the video game year where he the Mets just couldn't score like any time that he went out there. He was in the running either way, but that kind of sets the table for David Ross being catch up mode. And this is not a roster that you play catch up mode with. Mm-hmm. Like this is I love David Ross as a manager. I really do. I think he creates, and we told, we said this on Sunday, creates a great environment for these guys. But it really kind of came to backfire on him, which was his morals of trying to help, you know, the the veteran get the win, the veteran get the extra, you know, and bridge it to Keegan. And maybe he had a plan. And that was the plan for for going into that inning that, hey, I just need to get him through and, and I don't want to burn the bullpen because we're coming off of a tie on, you know, short and start as well. I get it. Sure. But sure. there's a win sitting there, too more important you don't manage today's game for tomorrow figure that all out tomorrow Mm. that's the problem i mean and i always go back to remember in the nlc nlds when lupinella took out carlos zambrano early so that he could come back for like game four in 2008 or 2007 is one of those two years i got that was like the reverse today it was all Mm -hmm. there in front of you to win the game today and figure it all out tomorrow because right. I think the the pitching aspect of that just doesn't make sense. Now on to the bunting. I am also a never bunter. It just never bunt. My thing becomes is who are you bunting for? Like if Barry Bonds is hitting behind Patrick Wisdom in this lineup, 
and he bunts it high and, and it's a fly out fine. But the problem is, is that at the bottom of this lineup, it's a black hole, like we've talked about, and you don't know what you're getting. And that's a problem. So the bunting time, like if he's, if there's a professional hitter hitting behind Patrick wisdom, I get it. And I, I don't even like playing the, this guy is having a, Uh-oh. We might have lost juice here for a moment. Apologies for our technical difficulties live on the air here, folks. Um, we'll get that squared away here in just a hot matter of minutes, hopefully. But, uh, no, Juice Juice has it, right? Oh, there he is. He's back. You good, buddy? You back with us? This is the hashtag Cubs on Tap Problems. And yes, just like Scott says in the comments, hashtag where's Juice? Where is Juice? We had him. We lost him. Oh, and now he's gone. He'll be back. Um, again, pardon our uh, our technical difficulties here, folks. Apologies for that here tonight. Uh, but Juice is right. Juice is 100% right. There's not enough in this lineup, really, at this point, behind Wisdom in the case of tonight's game to really justify him bunting. And I, I love what... Jeremiah had to say here really quick, and we'll be bringing Juice back into the fold here in just a minute, folks. But, you know, he said Ross just said that P. Wizzy's getting an x-ray. If that was the case and they were that concerned, take him out of the game. It's it's 162. This is only, what, game four? If Patrick Wisdom comes back and plays fine tomorrow, fine. But I would rather have a healthy person in at third base in this game than a uncomfortable Patrick wisdom in that scenario to get where they were going. And he is back with us. Hi juice. Hi buddy. We missed you. The cops got me there. That was the <laughs> technical difficulties are uh, all kinds of fun when, uh, when, when shit doesn't want to work, but well, it's a, no, like I said, it's a road game today for me too. Yeah. You know hey. what I mean, I'm but... dealing, with, dealing with all the fun of, of away tech. Uh, but Juice, continue your point, buddy. I mean, we saw what, what Jeremiah said. They said that Wisdom's getting an X-ray too uh, on the wrist. But I mean, like you said, man, he, there's no professional hitter behind him. Why is he bunching in that scenario? But please continue with your point. Yeah, no, I just it, I, that just kind of sums up my whole idea of this game. Like it, it's unnecessary actions, terrible consequences, and that mm -hmm. just is kind of what happened in this game. You know, there were. Some, some baffling managerial decisions, but I mean, at least, and, and props to Keegan Thompson, he deserves all the praise in the world. This could have gotten way out of hand. But what sucks is, is you watch how Keegan threw the ball tonight, and you think to yourself, man, like, if he just comes in one batter earlier, like, he probably gets out of that inning, and the Cubs probably cruise their way in this game. Mm -hmm. And that's just the. That's just the uh, the fact of this, and it sucks. And now my total has come to two. There are two games that the Cubs should have won that they should stack because this schedule sucks, and this is one of them. And uh, yeah, it just it baffling game, wasted game, as you as you say in your uh, in your name tag here. Yeah, absolutely. Wasted game indeed. And like like Scott says here in the comments as well, he says, we can't win the division in April, but you can sure lose it. And 
Juice, at the end of the season, you and I are going to be sitting here with our other three co-hosts here at Cubs on Tap with our friends over at the Dingers podcast, which if you're joining us live and once we get done, uh, be sure to go check out the Dingers boys as well or bounce back and forth between us. That's totally fine as well. Uh, Go check them out and show them love as well. But we're going to be talking as a collective group, Juice, and these are probably games that are going to stand out, like this one at the beginning of the season. That Saturday game, you know, when Steele goes six scoreless and they end up blowing it late. You can't have those. And I'm right there with you, man. Like this has been been troubling. And while we're still on negative, before we get to a little bit of positive here, Juice, I want to bring this up because there's a comment uh, that leads to where I'm going with this. I said it on Saturday. I said it again on Sunday. Just even to like people I know and whatever, not necessarily on this show directly. And I'm going to say it again here on Monday night. I tweeted out from the Cubs on tap count too. And it goes along with this comment that Scott has for us. He says, Hosmer has a stay of execution. uh, But what the fuck was that Mancini play in right field? He says, hashtag where's morale. And I know our our boy Scott from Iowa is banging the triple a, the triple a train. I think we're all banging the Mervis drum. So I don't think there's any, uh, you know, questions, comments, concerns about that right there. But juice, this team misses Seiya Suzuki. And you're seeing it right now because the play in right field in the first four games has been awful. Master Boney's been okay at best. Like, this is the risk they ran. And Juice, you had this concern on the show weeks ago, was they're going to carry too many infielders and no true third, really third outfielder outside of Suzuki, and he's still in the IL, on this roster and expect them to win games. Right field in Wrigley is like the hardest fucking position to play in Wrigley Field. So why are you going to risk on a team that's supposed to be built on defense behind your pitching staff that place? Because I, I think ahead to the that Milwaukee game that they should have won. How many blue pits were there in, in right field in front of Mancini in that game? A couple. That That play by Mancini tonight, albeit it might not have cost him as much tonight. But that's still a play where you go, shit, that cannot accumulate over 10 and 15 games. They miss Seiya Suzuki, maybe more than I even thought they would. But he makes, A, that lineup look a hell of a lot better on paper. He plays at least a competent right field. And, you know, a guy like Bellinger can play just more conservatively in center and doesn't have to be, you know, backing up Mancini on every single play. I'm really at that point right now where, you know, again, you can't lose, you can't win divisions in April. But holy shit, like, is this personnel decision out the gate because you needed to carry Madrigal and Wisdom and Rios, you know, and whatever else really worth it to sacrifice play in right field? Because if that accumulates juice, we're we're going to see a lot more games where maybe, again, these, you know, we add them to the list type games where, Maybe the right field play costs you a little bit in another one of those, man. I don't know where your thoughts lie, but that that's a concern for me. Have you ever seen a baseball team that carries three third basemen? No. No, you're no. watching it right now. I know. The only it, it doesn't work. Like the the pro and my thing is figure out who should <laughs> figure out who is the the two that could stay. Mm-hmm. To me, and to me, it's it's Rios and Wisdom. After that, I could care less what happens to Nick Madrigal at this point. It, 
it goes back to what we were talking about yesterday. What do we owe? And I know Hosmer had a great game, but mm-hmm. what do we owe Hosmer? What do we owe Master Boney? Right. What do we owe <laughs> some of these guys. <laughs> it's just so like so cub to me because it yeah. starts to like it is. Yeah, we're trying to compete, but the best roster is not here right now. Even mm-hmm. regardless, without say a Suzuki, the best roster is not here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really. <laughs> Two of your best are are stuck in in AAA, and one of them is on the. So, <laughs> I don't know if that changes, you know, after a couple stretches of games here, but I think the most interesting stretch of baseball is going to come in these next two weeks, because you're going to get Saya back, and then you're going to start to get larger sample sizes of some of these guys we're talking about, mm-hmm. and. Then the question becomes, how quick do you pull the trigger and move on? If Christopher Morrell is still doing Christopher Morrell things and Matt Mervis is still doing Matt Mervis things, how much pressure is that put on the front office to go, yeah, you know, we should try to compete? Or is this just to get through this year again? Hopefully we're closer to 500 this year the case because they told you they want to compete everything in the offseason said we're ready to go we think our pitching is good we like the way our bullpen's made out we think we're going to play great defense and have run prevention and we're going to hit just enough to win baseball games well what happens when you don't hit just enough baseball games or you have to play a guy like Trey Mancini who's uncomfortable in right field you know what when does the bull stop and that's my question over the next two weeks. What is the tipping point? When do you look up and go, man, the division's out of, out of hand. We might as well just keep rolling with Hosmer. Or, you know, man, we're, we're losing games left and right here. we got to right this ship before it gets away from us. And that is the million-dollar question because there will be – there will be some roster moves and there will be some DFAs and there will be some guys that you look up and you go, man, like, Remember that guy? Yeah, he's not here anymore. They're carrying three catchers and mm-hmm. three first basemen. And two real outfielders. Re- yeah. Yeah. That's not successful. No. I'm sorry. And that's to me, that's not fully David Ross's fault. That's no. That's on the back of Jed. That's his fault. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed totally. And and honestly, just to kind of quickly add to that too, right? Like it, it'd be one thing if Rios and Madrigal and Wisdom have all contributed offensively to this point, right? Mad, you know, Madrigal hasn't done much. Rios hasn't really had too much opportunity quite yet, but still hasn't done much. Wisdom's really the only one that's done anything offensively with the bat. And then you can make the flip side argument and say, yeah, maybe you can sacrifice a little more of Mancini in right if the offense is there. And yeah, he's come through in moments, but like overall, he's not lighting the world on fire. Like he's not just out there taking up a warm body type thing. You know what I mean? It, you know, and is is carrying Luis Torrens really that much worth it? Like, yeah, I get it. You want to have a little bit of pop at the catching position in some form or fashion, but like, is this is it worth, you know? 
sacrificing an entire position on your roster? I don't know. So I, I agree with you there, man. And, and just like uh, Bernie said a little earlier here in the comments, Suzuki is missed. And a uh, quick little update on him from Jordan Bastian. Um, he says, from the Cubs, Seiya Suzuki has two at-bats in a simulated game in Arizona. That's cool. Um, on Monday, also played four innings on defense. Uh, these are his first at-bats since the injury. So, again, it's another positive sign that say I was going to be back soon because oof, the more and more games roll on, uh, the more and more you can clearly tell they miss him. But juice, let, let's talk a little happy something because this game wasn't all for naught. They did score six runs um, as our friend of the program and, and, and on tap sports, that colleague here, Johnny says in the comments, we could use a positive note. Dansby Swanson is never not on base. Another <laughs> three hit game for Dansby Swanson in the start to his Cubs tenure. Um, he was also matched with three hits tonight again by Eric Hosmer, which is the weirdest thing for us to say. He also had two ribbies. This is like maybe the best game I can remember in recent memory that Eric Hosmer's had as a big leaguer. I don't know. Nonetheless, um, still a great game from Swanson. He's three for five on the night with two runs scored. <laughs> that average is still sitting pretty at a 588 clip juice. But again, you know, we talk about the hits coming. They got it done a little bit tonight. Nico had a hit. Hap had a hit. Belly had the three-run bomb. Mancini had a hit. Wisdom had a hit, uh, albeit coming late in the game. Barnhart was one for three. So the offense was a little better, a little better. Again, you got six runs because everybody, one through nine, contributed in some form or fashion, just as we were talking about yesterday. This wasn't the, the one through three show with four through nine going over for the entire game. At least the bottom of the order showed up tonight, and they showed – if the bottom of the order gives you okay production, they can score four and five wins a game or get runs a game because your top three is probably going to be that good. But they need to do it consistently. And I I think that's really the thing here that is going on. But again, back to the positive. Swanson, three more hits. They we settled juice. Remember, as we've been told, the Cubs settled on Dansby Swanson. Yeah, they they won all of it already so far. Remember, I I said we we did a live from uh, Murphy's. I said the greatest free agent signing it was Dansby Swanson, Babe Ruth. You know that's that's where we're at so far. <laughs> and ever since I said that, he's become a real life Babe Ruth. So uh, I will take all the credit for that. It is all my doing. It has nothing to do with Dansby and everything to do no. with um. Well, because I I work in two ways, Ronald, as you mm. know. I either work in the I call you out and then they have three hit games or I dub you the greatest thing ever. And then you just stay the greatest thing ever. So I keep telling them that like Matt Mervis and, and Christopher Morell are great players and they need to be here. So um, when they do come up, I'm sure they'll hit like 640 uh, a piece. So yeah, uh, until then um, we'll just keep twiddling our thumbs and, and losing games here. Um, but hopefully the Cubs can, you know, get one tomorrow, and uh, I don't know. I'm just – this one's so frustrating, man. It's hard to be positive when you watch a game that should have been won against a team that is trying – literally trying to lose. Like, I mean, the Reds are not trying to win the division here. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and, yeah, that that's definitely what makes things frustrating. I know um, fellow co-host of ours, Nick Hudson, shared quite a few times on Twitter this evening that he is over – uh, the Drew Smiley in the rotation experiment so far. Obviously, Ooh. it's one game, but, you know, I, this is a team with competent arms. We've seen it. We know what the depth looks like. 
does Drew Smiley found himself out of a out of a role here in this starting rotation in the near future? Does you know do, is he truly the one that's you know maybe out of a job when a guy like Kyle Hendricks finally gets healthy? Uh, there's a lot of what ifs. Again, one game, one start, but four and two thirds, nine hits, seven runs, six of which are earned. Um, two walks, three strikeouts, and the home run given up. Not a great debut uh, in 2023 for one Drew Smiley. But on a pitching note, as we've already kind of alluded to, Keegan Thompson was great. Three and a third, just the one hit given up. No walks, no runs, and three Ks for Keegan out of the bullpen. Once again, uh, showing off just how good and how much of a weapon he is out of the pen. Between him and Alzalea. Shit, I wish those guys could pitch every day. I wish they had bionic arms and we could just throw them out there for four innings as a piggyback guy every single time because, I mean, they've been, you know, out of the pen so far. You can make the argument they're probably the most known commodities right now outside of maybe a guy like Brandon Hughes once he's healthy. But, man, oh, man, that was – that was. I mean, really, Ron, they're going to have three of those. They're going to yeah. have him, they're going to have Keegan, they're going to have uh... – um, Javier Assad is yeah. another guy that you can look at is, and they're going to have Edward Elzelay. They got three of those guys. That's what kind of upsets me so much about tonight's game. When you have three, three of those guys like that, you can afford one out. You could find one out in that bullpen. Especially when, especially when Keegan comes in for that third of an inning and gets one pitch to turn into an out anyway. Like who's right. to say he doesn't do that in three pitches with two outs. You know what I mean? Um, right. Certainly right there with you, buddy. But like you said, man, just this was a frustrating one, and I'm sure that I'm going to mull this one over. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have something on it in the morning, um, you know, sharing some thoughts uh, on this game just because it was so frustrating. But thankfully, it's early, uh, but the Cubs are 1-3 and three now after tonight. Again, agree with you, Juice. They probably should have a, uh, a reciprocal of that record and be 3-1, and one, uh, two games that we've already chalked up here as uh, should have ones. Uh, for the Cubs here, and it's bad when you have more should have wins than actual wins. Um, and as Scott says here, you know, if we have any more of these should have wins, um, you start to ask, can they get to 10 wins before May 1st? And I don't know if they can, if they keep having more games um, like tonight. Juice, before we go ahead and preview uh, tomorrow's game, game two of this three-game set in Cincinnati, I do want to bring up something that our uh, great commenters and listeners have brought to our attention or really just brought into light again. I know we've all seen it all over Twitter today. A little comedic relief that I think we all desperately need after this loss. Um, can we talk about the fact that the Brewers performed a flyover <laughs> in a closed stadium? Yeah, did, didn't you know that was the best way to do it? I mean, at Jerry I World, guess. I heard that they, they do it at Jerry World every year and, and up in the domes in um, Minnesota. I heard that that's, that's another, you know, that I, I used to hear that the uh, flyover over Ford Field was fantastic. What what a what an idiotic franchise! <laughs> what what a doesn't surprise you? What a fucking bunch of dumb idiots! Like the dumbest fucking possible thing you could have done. And I feel bad because I'm 99 certain that was the same B1 bomber we got to appreciate on Cubs opening day down here I think at Wrigley. It was. And you know, as much as I hate that godforsaken city, I wish the the people of Milwaukee could have enjoyed a beautiful flyover. But instead, their poverty, second class stupid ass franchise decides to keep the roof closed and schedule a fucking 
flyover. Like, what's next? You're gonna, you know, sell tickets at Subway instead of footlongs. Oh, wait, they already do that. Never mind. So <laughs> just goes to show the Brewers are a bunch of fucking dumb idiots. Nonetheless, um, a little bit of comedic relief for us Cubs fans because Lord knows we need it, even though they absolutely shit pumped the New York Mets today. Um yeah. You know, I mean, Freddie Peralta got me some good fantasy points. I guess that's the one silver. See, one there you go. That's about the only thing, though. I, I turned, I turned into MLB TV today, and I saw that score, and I literally wanted to throw up because I was like, "Fuck this team, man! Fuck that fucking fuck the 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 this piss poor like secondhand like." We you think the Rays are like the we're poor and we find ways to win games? The Brewers are the hand me down version of the fucking Tampa Bay Rays. They take literally the raised scraps. Matt Brousseau was a raised scrap. Willie Adamas, I mean, he's played incredibly well in Milwaukee, don't get me wrong, but he was a guy that the Rays were like, we have nowhere for him because Wander Franco's coming up. Like, this team literally feasts off the, the like, the lowest budgeted teams in the major leagues, Jews, and yet they still find ways to fucking win, and there's nothing that numbs my brain more. Like, I don't know what it is about the state of Wisconsin, but if I can metaphorically spit all over it and disgust, I would. Because between them and the fucking Green Bay Packers, I have experienced enough just anger and frustration and high blood pressure in my lifetime juice that I don't need anymore. And just... It, it, we, we lost two out of three to a team that can't even get a fucking flyover right. It's, a, it's, it's straight out of... it's. Literally straight out of something that you would see in a TV show. I'm not going to name names because I don't know if we can get copyrighted or not for it. But, Juice, it's fucking embarrassing. That's how I feel right <laughs> now. And I, I feel better now that I got that out. I'm, I'm sure Brian's going to be flipping that one tomorrow. You, you needed it. I, I did. I fair. needed it. I needed it desperately, and then when I don't have a voice tomorrow, I'll know why. But that's okay. Uh, nonetheless, Juice, let's let's put this one in the rearview mirror because God knows I think we both need it at this point. This, I'm ready. I'm I'm done with this game. I'm, don't don't I'm mention ready. it to me ever again. Agreed. I'm I'm right there with you, brother. Um, the Cubs are back in action tomorrow night, Tuesday, April fourth, against the Cincinnati Reds at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, it is a 5:40 local time in the Chicagoland area. Start once again. Juice for yourself. That's a six forty start. Um, it is the the well the the I guess awaited debut. It just it doesn't do it justice. The awaited debut of Hayden Westneski here in twenty twenty three. He's on the bump for the Cubbies um, and on the bump for the Reds. A guy we had to do a little bit of research on before the show, admittedly. <laughs> uh, but Luis Sessa will take the bump tomorrow. The right hander. He's thirty years old. Uh, he's been around the major leagues since twenty sixteen. Um, he bounced uh, between the minors and majors from 16 to 18 in his time with the New York Yankees. Halfway through the season in 2021, he made his way over to the Reds. 2021, by far, still his best career year. Uh, was predominantly a reliever. Um, and then last year, he made some some time between starter and reliever. Looks like he's the five, at least to begin the year for the Reds this season. So, Juice, um, let's talk about it here. What are we expecting from tomorrow's game? What do you need the Cubbies to do uh, to make you not be sour juice once again on Tuesday night? Do the same thing they did tonight, but pitch. <laughs> right? <Sure>. I mean, <laughs> it, it would have been great. And you said it, Ron. Like, they, they hit the three-run homer in the first. And I actually thought we were going to get on one of these where me and you talk about a, a, a double-digit Cubs scoring run here. You I know, know, a 10-1 to or, or a 10-2 to 2 win. 
Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. um, this is tomorrow. Not the same, you know, plate approach. But, um, yeah, let's let's pitch this time. And that's been like this all year, right? It seems like they pitch, they don't hit. They hit, they don't pitch. So, like, let's find let's find the level here where both are contributing in some way. Yeah, water finds its level, and I pray to God the Cubs do the same on Tuesday Night Juice. I'm right there with you, completely agree. Uh, just a quick note here um, before I give my two cents. Wisdom's x-rays came back negative. That's good news. Um, just a bump and a bruise. Again, maybe you should have just taken them out, David, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I agree with you, man. They got a pitch tomorrow, and, and Scott's predicting a 15K, seven and two-thirds performance <laughs> from Hayden Wesneski tomorrow with his hashtag book it. Scott. Um, I'll go on the record right now. If West Nesky comes out and shit pumps for seven and two third innings and K's over 10 guys in seven and two thirds, if he goes, if he goes longer than six and a third and K's more than 10, you have to hit both. This is a, this is a parlay here. It's not one or the other. I will come up with something hysterical. Actually, I'll let the rest of the Cubs on tap guys come up with something. Um, that has to happen. Uh, doesn't need to be right now. Juice, just mull that over as you sleep tonight in, uh, in Fort Wayne. It'll give you something to, to cut your sheet. If I can, if I can't fall asleep. (laughs) Yeah. If you can fall asleep and if you can't, you could spend all night figuring out what, what hooligan shit you want me to do. I just don't want to shave the beard. Please don't make me do that. But that's all I ask. That's, that's, you don't. Remember in like Anchorman, no touching of the hair or face. That's that's the rule. No, no touching of the hair, please. But, um, We'll 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 find some some fun and funny content to do uh, again for those that are maybe newer to the show. I've already worn a mankini on the show. Anything's anything's free game at this point. Um, that's just kind of how we do it here, Cubs on Tap. We like to have fun. But I'm right there with you, Juice. Uh, I, I'm hoping for a really strong performance from Hayden Wesneski tomorrow. I, I think uh you know I would be happy with you know five and a third, five and two thirds, maybe six from him. Couple of Ks. Just keep it under three runs. I think this Cubs team in Cincinnati can score above three runs. Obviously, we saw it tonight. I think they can repeat that effort tomorrow. It's going to be hotter than shit tomorrow in Cincinnati. I think it's supposed to be a high of 80 degrees. Uh, J.D. and Boog were talking about it on the broadcast. Uh, 82, I believe, for April 5th is a – or April 4th, pardon me, is a Cincinnati record for temperature. So, like, they could break the record tomorrow. It's going to be hot in Cincy. So, ball ball go far when the when it gets warm outside. So, if that's the case – Maybe uh, a little bit of uh, Ian Sanati tomorrow. I'd like to see him hit a bomb. Um, you know, maybe we get to see a guy like Belly or, or maybe Mancini wraps this one around the, the foul pole this time and and it counts as a homer, something like that. But we want to see the power come out tomorrow to support Hayden Wesneski. And it should be uh, a good win for uh, myself and Mr. Uh, Tyler Edmonds to discuss. Um, quick note for those that will be tuning in with us tomorrow. We will run a little later, so it probably won't happen right after the show. Um, but it'll it'll happen before the evening is over. Um, and Crawford, Mr. Crawford says shots, shots, shots. So um, that's <laughs> inspiration, I think. And I already know where you guys would go with that. Um, as our friend over in the UK would say to our friend Cub Rachel, um, apparently she loves Malort, so I'm I'm sure uh, oh. I'm sure if we give I sure if we gave her and, and you guys any kind of recommendation of what I'm taking shots of, it'd probably be that which that makes my toes curl in disgust and fear. But nonetheless, we'll figure that out. But that's only if Hayden goes more than six and and K's more than ten. So it's it's a hell of a parlay. But 
Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take the bets and we'll make them work. Um, Juice, we picked our, our fly the W players already for the series. Obviously, we'll, we'll check in on those come Wednesday. Um, as we mentioned, three-game series. We will be back on Wednesday as well with an early show. Uh, and then pretty much no shows the rest of the week. Um, Thursday, off day, Friday, a couple of us are out of town and traveling. So likely not a Friday show, um, barring some kind of last minute change. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll be back with you on Sunday. I don't know who's all back with you on Sunday, but we'll be back with you on Sunday in some form or fashion. Uh, it is Easter Sunday, but, um, we'll probably come to you guys live in the evening hours, uh, to discuss the weekend that was as the Cubs welcome the Rangers to beautiful Wrigley field, but juice. As always, my friend, it is a pleasure. Cubs lose this one 7-6 on Monday night. They're back on Tuesday in Cincinnati once again with Wes Neske on the bump. Hopefully they can right the ship, get a dub, and look toward Wednesday going for their first series win of the season. From Ron Luce and Juice, thank you for joining us. To everybody that watched along in the comments, everybody that watched along on Twitter, if you want to jump in the comments to join us, be over. Be sure to check us out over on Facebook and YouTube. That's at the ONTAP Sportsnet page on both of those platforms. Um, as you know, Cubs on Tap, we are one of two official Cubs podcasts of the ONTAP Sports Network. Our friends Dingers are live right now as well. Uh, be sure to check them out. They're at Dinger Cubs on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out the whole game, Kevin, Jeff, Jake, and Mitch. Uh, I am at Loose on Tap on Twitter. Juice is at Juice on Tap on Twitter. Uh, follow all the guys at Joey's at Joey Knows Nothing, at Teddy Freddy 270 at Nick underscore on tap, at Cubbies on Tap on Twitter and Instagram. You know the drill, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks. We got it all for you here at On Tap Sportsnet. And yes, um, I don't know if you guys saw today, but the Sox got absolutely shit pumped in their home opener. Um, tell a friend, be a friend. Um, your friends that are Sox fans can cry with our friends that are Sox fans over at Sox on tap, the on tap sports network on tap sports.com at on tap sports net. Check us out. What is on tap in Chicago sports? What do you say juice? This game sucked. Hopefully a win tomorrow. Let's get out of here. The only way we know how here at Cubs on tap. Fuck the Cardinals and fuck the Reds and let's go Cubbies. <laughs>